Who's Who in the Leo Frank Case? Henry A. Alexander Lawyer added by Albert Lasker to Leo Frank's defense team during the appeals process. Hugh M. Dorsey's Jewish college roommate. Quote, Negrologist, end quote, who doctored photocopies of murder notes. American Israelite. The Cincinnati-based weekly was the voice of American Judaism, founded by Rabbi Isaac Mayer Wise, the founder of Reform Judaism. He was succeeded as editor and publisher by his sons Leo Wise from 1900 to 1928 and Jonah B. Wise from 1928 to 1930. The weekly columnist commenting on the Leo Frank case was the prominent rabbi Max Heller. New York Times owner-publisher Adolf Ox was married to Iphigenia Miriam Wise, known as Effie, the daughter of Rabbi Isaac M. Wise. American Jewish Committee Founded in 1906 by German Jewish elites to safeguard Jewish rights, its members worked behind the scenes to build a nationwide coalition of influential Jews to raise funds for the Leo Frank defense and shape public opinion. Its executive committee included notables Louis Marshall, Cyrus Adler, Cyrus Sulzberger, Julian Mack, Jacob Schiff, and Julius Rosenwald. W.F. Anderson Atlanta policeman and call officer who responded to the crime scene. Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith, ADL. Founded in 1913, the Jewish Defense Organization claims the Leo Frank case as its raison d'etre. Reuben Arnold, co-counsel with Luther Rosser on Leo Frank's defense team. His firm's most lucrative client was the Atlanta Journal. Atlanta, Georgia. Founded in 1837 and officially incorporated in 1847, it became known as the Gate City to the South. Became Georgia's capital in 1868. By 1900, it was the largest city in the state and the third largest in the Southeast. Owes its origins to two important developments in the 1830s, the forcible removal of the indigenous peoples, principally the Creek and Cherokee nations, and the extension of railroad lines, the lifeblood of Atlanta into Georgia's interior. At the time of the Civil War, Atlanta boasted a population of almost 10,000, one-fifth of whom were slaves, and after the Civil War, Atlanta had the largest population of Jews of any city in the South. Atlanta Constitution. Daily newspaper, published and edited by Clark Howell. 1912 circulation of 41,405. Jacob Dewey Gordatowski was its Jewish managing editor at the time of the Leo Frank case. Over a 24-year period beginning in 1876, Joel Chandler Harris, writer of the Uncle Remus, Happy Slave Tales, penned hundreds of articles for the paper. Atlanta Georgian. Daily newspaper owned by William Randolph Hearst. Purchased by Hearst from founder Fred L. Seeley in 1912. Under founding editor John Temple Graves, one of several Atlanta newspapers that, quote, whipped whites into a frenzy, end quote, of race violence in 1906. For the initial two years under Hearst, first Keats Speed and then Foster Coates were its editors. Michael D. Clofine was its Jewish city editor at the time of the Leo Frank case. Pre-Hearst circulation of 38,000. Just before Mary Fagan's murder, circulation of 60,000. 
Atlanta Journal. U.S. Senator Hoke Smith was the organ's founder and former owner. Published by James R. Gray until his death in 1917. Circulation of 52,000 in 1912. John Sanford Cohen was its Jewish managing editor at the time of the Leo Frank case. The Daily helped, quote, whip whites into a frenzy, end quote, of race violence in 1906. Atlanta Massacre of 1906. A murderous riot by whites that resulted in the massacre of scores of innocent blacks. Incitement of the riot was attributed to Georgia Governor Hoke Smith and the city's newspaper editors, including Georgian editor John T. Graves and the journal's John S. Cohen. Atlanta Police Department. In 1911, James L. Beavers was elected chief, and the police department acquired its first motorized vehicles, motorcycles, and auto patrol wagons. In 1915, Chief William M. Mayo establishes first police school of intensive instruction. Benet Breath. Independent Order Benet Breath, or Sons of the Covenant, was founded in New York City by 12 German-American Jews in October 1843. In 1913, Leo M. Frank was president of its 400 to 500 member Gate City Lodge No. 144, District No. 5, Atlanta, the most prestigious Jewish fraternal order in the city. Held its 1914 national convention in Atlanta. Gordon Snowball Bailey, black laborer employed at the National Pencil Company, one of four Gentiles arrested on suspicion of murder prior to Leo Frank's arrest. R.P. Barrett, National Pencil Company machinist who found the hair evidence on his machine after the murder. Emma Beard, domestic servant for about seven years to the family of Herbert G. Schiff, assistant superintendent of the National Pencil Company. Defense witness. James L. Beavers became Atlanta police chief in August 1911. L. H. Beck, president of Beck and Gregg, Atlanta's largest hardware company, foreman of the grand jury that indicted Leo M. Frank, Albert McKnight's employer. Sol Benjamin, one of five Jews on the grand jury that indicted Leo Frank. John R. Black, Atlanta police detective. Paul Bowen, was arrested in Houston, Texas on May 5th on suspicion of Mary Fagan's murder. Joseph M. Brown, Georgia governor, 1911 through 1913, a leading citizen of Marietta, Georgia, hometown of the murder victim, Mary Fagan. R.J. Brown, Atlanta police sergeant and morning watch commander who responded to the crime scene. C.W. Burke, Burns operative who, quote, discovered, end quote, the infamous Carter letters. J.M. Burke, superintendent of the state prison farm at Milledgeville, Georgia, where Frank served his sentence. William J. Burns, Famous private detective whose firm was hired by Leo Frank and later implicated in a litany of crimes on Frank's behalf, including subordination of perjury, planting of evidence, and bribery. His license was revoked by Atlanta City Council. His accreditation rescinded by International Association of Police Chiefs. Appointed director of the Bureau of Investigation. Forerunner of the FBI. 
1921 and forced to resign in 1924 for his role in the Teapot Dome scandal. Patrick Pat Campbell, Atlanta Police Detective. Wade Campbell, worker who was at the National Pencil Factory the morning of the murder, brother of Mrs. J. Arthur White. Irene Carson, worked on the fourth floor of the pencil factory, sister of Rebecca Carson and daughter of Mrs. E. M. Carson, defense witness. Mrs. E. M. Carson, three-year employee at the National Pencil Company, mother of Rebecca and Irene Carson, defense witness. Rebecca Carson, forewoman at the National Pencil Company in the factory's sorting department supported Frank's alibi at trial. Anna Annie Maud Carter, enlisted by William Burns as an operative, used as source for infamous, quote, Carter letters, end quote, scheme. Mertice Cato, worked on the fourth floor of the pencil factory, testified that she saw Frank having inappropriate relations with a female employee. Philip Chambers, 15-year-old office boy at the pencil factory where he worked from December 1912 to April 1913. Michael D. Clofine, Jewish city editor of the Atlanta Georgian and Hearst's Sunday American at the time of the Leo Frank case, a, quote, constant visitor of Frank, end quote, at the Tower Jail. John S. Cohen, managing editor of the Atlanta Journal, the son of a rabbi. Quote, high in the councils of the Ku Klux Klan, end quote, and one of several newspaper editors who, quote, whipped whites into a frenzy, end quote, of race hate that ultimately led to the white riot of 1906. In 1917 became the journal's president and editor-in-chief. Fanny Benton Fagan Coleman, mother of Mary Fagan and her four siblings, widowed three months before Mary's birth. Married J.W. Coleman in 1912. John W. Coleman, cabinet maker, stepfather of Mary Fagan. Collier's Weekly, had a weekly circulation of one million and was considered as important as the New York Times in Frank's PR campaign. Confederacy, a.k.a. the Confederate States of America. It was the separate government formed by 11 southern states attacked the United States of America starting the Civil War, 1861 through 1865. Confederate Memorial Day, the day Mary Fagan was murdered in 1913, observed as an official state holiday the 26th day of April from 1874 until 1984. April 26th marks the anniversary of the end of the Civil War for Georgia. James Jim Conley sweeper at the National Pencil Company, arrested on Thursday, May 1, 1913, on suspicion. Claimed he was called upon by Frank to help move the body of Mary Fagan. Gave compelling testimony against Frank at trial. Christopher P. Connolly, Collier's weekly writer aligned with the defense. Point man in nationwide public relations campaign to exonerate Leo Frank. Roy L. Craven. Witness sworn for the state. Employee of Beck and Gregg Hardware, where Albert McKnight also worked. 
present when Manola McKnight made her affidavit. J. William Crean Convicted murderer serving a life sentence Stabbed Leo Frank while both were imprisoned at the state prison farm in Milledgeville, Georgia. Cuero, Texas Birthplace of Leo Frank C.B. Dalton Claimed to engage, along with Leo Frank, in sexual activity and drinking with women at the pencil factory. N.V. Darley Personnel manager of the National Pencil Company was at the pencil factory on Saturday, April 26, 1913. Witness for the prosecution. Harry Denham. He and J. Arthur White were working on machinery on the top floor of the pencil factory the day of the murder. L. S. Dobbs. Atlanta police sergeant, one of the first responding officers to the crime scene, found the murder notes lying next to Mary Fagan's body. Paul Donahue. Fulton County coroner who conducted the inquest into Mary Fagan's murder, by 1913 had served as coroner for four years, left blind by childhood meningitis. Hugh Manson Dorsey, appointed Solicitor General of Fulton County in 1910. He was then elected, serving until 1916. Tried the Frank case in 1913. Later became Governor of Georgia, 1917 through 1921 partner at the law firm Dorsey, Brewster, Howell, and Heyman of Atlanta, Georgia. His youngest sister was married at the time of the Frank case to the son of Frank's defense attorney, Luther Z. Rosser. Notable for his 1921 pamphlet titled, A Statement from Governor Hugh M. Dorsey as to the Negro in Georgia, which exposed the mistreatment of blacks in the state. Oscar Elsis Born 1871, died 1924. Became president of Fulton Bag and Cotton Mill in 1909 upon the retirement of his father, Jacob, who founded the company in 1881. Oscar Elsa's company was the largest employer in Atlanta and a client of Luther Rosser and Governor John Slayton's law firm. Was on the grand jury that declined to indict James Conley. George Epps, 14-year-old newsboy. Witness for the Prosecution Thomas B. Felder Well-known Southern lawyer who was secretly engaged by Leo Frank to obtain evidence held by the state was first to introduce, quote, anti-Semitism, end quote, into the case. Helen Ferguson National Pencil Company employee who worked in the factory's metal department with Mary Fagan testified that Frank refused to give her Mary's pay though a common company practice, his refusal resulting in Mary having to go to the factory herself to collect her wages directly from Frank. Nina Formby operated a boarding house for men in Atlanta, swore to and later repudiated an affidavit claiming that Frank had asked her for a room on the night of the murder. Leo Max Frank Born April 17, 1884 died August 17, 1915, 29-year-old superintendent of the National Pencil Company, president, Gate City Lodge No. 144 of Benet Brith in Atlanta, Georgia, born in Texas and raised in Brooklyn, New York, graduated from Cornell University in 1906 with a mechanical engineering degree, brother to Marion Frank Stern.
married a daughter of the wealthy and established Selig family in 1910. Convicted of the murder of Mary Fagan on August 25, 1913. Sentenced on August 26, 1913 to hang. Death sentence commuted on June 21, 1915. Lynched on August 17, 1915. Lucille Selig Frank. Wife of almost three years to Leo M. Frank. One of three daughters of the well-connected Emile and Josephine Selig. Granddaughter of Levy Cohen. Co-founder of Atlanta's Reform Synagogue, The Temple. She and Frank lived at the home of her well-to-do parents in a then-fashionable section of Atlanta, the South Side. Moses Frank. Claimed to be a Confederate veteran was a major operator in the international cottonseed oil business, owned a substantial percentage of National Pencil Company stock. Leo Frank's wealthy, Brooklyn, uncle, based in Atlanta, financed his nephew's legal defense. Rachel Ray Frank, Leo Frank's mother, wife of Rudolph Frank. Rudolph Frank, Leo Frank's father, husband of Rachel Frank. Moses Frank's brother. Emma Clark Freeman. Witness for the defense. Prior to April 26th, had worked on the fourth floor of the pencil factory, which she visited the day of the murder. Phrase Gin. Located two miles east of Marietta, Georgia. Near Mary's ancestral home. Site of the lynching of Leo M. Frank. Fulton Bag and Cotton Mill. Jewish-owned factory in Atlanta, site of labor unrest, Atlanta's largest employer. Fulton County, incorporated in 1853. Atlanta is the county seat, location of National Pencil Company, site of Leo M. Frank's trial, location of Tower Prison, where Frank was confined upon grand jury indictment after his conviction and during his appeals. Future stronghold of the Klan in Georgia. The Ku Klux would, quote, absolutely control Fulton County and Atlanta, end quote. James M. Gant, 26-year-old former shipping clerk of the National Pencil Company, discharged April 7th by Leo Frank, Marietta native and friend of Mary Fagan's family arrived at the factory the evening of the murder to recover his shoes and was later arrested. Frank attempted to direct suspicion to him. Georgia, the last of the original 13 colonies of America to be formed, originally intended to be a debtor's colony. When slavery was outlawed in the colony of Georgia, Jews left. They returned once slavery was reinstated. From 1877 to 1950, Georgia recorded the most lynchings. 586 blacks were lynched. Georgia Board of Pardons and Paroles. The board is a part of the executive branch of Georgia's government, authorized to grant paroles, pardons, reprieves, remissions, and commutations, and to restore civil and political rights. In 1983, it denied the ADL's application for a posthumous pardon for Leo Frank. In 1986, the board issued a posthumous pardon to Leo Frank, but did not overturn the guilty verdict. Georgia Supreme Court, the highest court in the state of Georgia, reviews cases already heard in the state's lower courts, denied Leo M. Frank's appeals for a new trial. 
George A. Gershon, New York-born proprietor of an Atlanta manufacturing company, one of five Jews on the grand jury that indicted Leo Frank, member of Frank's synagogue. Harry Golden, writer of the first major book on the Frank case, A Little Girl is Dead, which advocated for Frank's innocence. Max F. Goldstein, Atlanta attorney of the law firm Little, Powell, Hooper, and Goldstein, was Frank A. Hooper's and Arthur G. Powell's law partner and one of Leo Frank's attorneys. Benet Brith Officer, testified at the trial on Frank's behalf, represented Frank's hired detectives of the William J. Burns Detective Agency against perjury and other serious charges. George A. Gordon, appeared as Manola McKnight's attorney in 1913. Anna Maud Carter's attorney in 1914. E. K. Graham, at the pencil factory on the day of the murder. James R. Gray, publisher and editor of the Atlanta Journal. Lawyer. After Gray's death in 1917, managing editor John S. Cohen took over, serving as president and editor. Maggie Griffin, worked on the fourth floor of the pencil factory one of several women who provided damaging testimony against Frank. Albert L. Guthman, owner of a laundry company, one of five Jews on the grand jury that indicted Leo Frank. Herbert J. Haas, member of a prominent Jewish family and trustee of the temple, Leo Frank's lead attorney and funnel for funds from financier Albert Lasker for Frank's defense. Leonard Haas, cousin of Herbert Haas and one of Frank's attorneys, American Jewish Committee member, District 1, Atlanta, past president of the B'nai B'rith in Atlanta. Corinthia Hall, four women who worked in the finishing department of the pencil factory, visited the factory the day of the murder. Hattie Hall, stenographer for the National Pencil Company, mostly working in the office of Montauk Brothers, Worked for Leo Frank at the factory on April 26th, the day of the murder. Henry F. Harris, M.D., Georgia Board of Health, Atlanta's foremost medical doctor, performed the autopsies of Mary Fagan. Nathaniel E. Harris, the, quote, last Confederate soldier to serve Georgia as governor, end quote, 1915 through 1917. William Randolph Hearst, newspaper magnate. By 1913, he controlled a growing national newspaper empire. Publisher-owner of the Atlanta Georgian and Sunday American at the time of the Frank case. Max Heller, reform rabbi to Temple Sinai in New Orleans, the largest and most prestigious synagogue in the South. Weekly columnist for the American Israelite. Vocal proponent of commutation for Leo Frank. Dewey Hewell, National Pencil Company employee, worked in the metal department of the factory, witnessed Leo Frank being overly familiar with Mary Fagan. Arthur Heyman, prosecutor Hugh Dorsey's Jewish law partner, vice president of Atlanta's B'nai B'rith at the time of Leo Frank's conviction. Benjamin H. Hill, chief judge. Court of Appeals of the State of Georgia, 1907 through 1913, 
as Fulton County Superior Court Judge heard and rejected appeals of Leo Frank. Annie Hickson, Ersenbach Family Domestic Worker of Two Years, Defense Witness. E. F. Holloway, National Pencil Company Day Watchman, worked at the factory two years. John J. Hooker, attorney involved in the posthumous pardon application for Leo Frank, including the videotaped testimony of Alonzo Mann in 1982. Frank A. Hooper, was Max F. Goldstein's and Arthur G. Powell's law partner assisted Solicitor General Hugh M. Dorsey in prosecuting Leo Frank for murder. Daisy Hopkins worked in the pencil factory's packing department on the second floor from October 1911 to June 1912, implicated in sexual activity with Leo Frank and C.B. Dalton. Robert House, former county policeman, claimed he found Leo Frank in a park with a young girl. William Schley Howard, one of Frank's many post-conviction defense attorneys, former prosecutor, also served two terms in the U.S. Congress, argued for clemency for Frank before the State Prison Commission and Governor John Slayton. Clark Howell, publisher, owner, and editor of the Atlanta Constitution, had served in both the Georgia House of Representatives and the Georgia Senate. Previously, as managing editor of the Constitution, he had campaigned against the state's notorious convict lease system. J. W. Hurt, M.D., Fulton County physician, who made the initial post-mortem examination of Mary Fagan. Jake Jacobs, pawnbroker implicated in the infamous, quote, Carter letters, end quote, scheme. Mrs. George W. Jefferson five-year National Pencil Company employee. Together with fellow worker R.P. Barrett discovered the blood evidence on the second floor. Jeffersonian, a.k.a. The Jeff. Weekly newspaper published by Thomas E. Watson became the most vocal proponent of Frank's guilt. Ivy Jones, acquaintance of James Conley's, witness for the prosecution. George Kendley, streetcar conductor for the Georgia Railway and Power Company, claimed to have seen Mary as she walked to the factory on the day of the murder, gave testimony used to claim, quote, anti-Semitism, end quote, in the Frank case. Helen Kearns, defense witness. Her father worked for Montauk Brothers. Mamie Kitchens, National Pencil Company employee of two years who worked on the fourth floor and witnessed Frank barging into the women's dressing room. Milton Klein, well-known Atlanta lumber and building supply dealer, B'nai B'rith officer, Leo Frank's friend. Knights of Mary Fagan. The New York Times appears to have invented this group of vigilantes, which it claims was formed to exact revenge on Mary Fagan's murderer. No other evidence exists for this group, which has been charged with Frank's lynching. Victor H. Kriegshaber, prominent Atlanta business leader, one of five Jewish jurors on the grand jury panel that indicted Leo Frank, B'nai B'rith officer, member of the Board of Trustees of the Hebrew Orphan's Home, as was Frank, trustee of Leo Frank's synagogue, Atlanta Chamber of Commerce president in 1916. 
Ku Klux Klan, a white American terrorist group that emerged after the Civil War and again after the First World War, deployed by the white elite to violently repel blacks' pursuit of education, politics, and economic independence. Group is falsely claimed to have emerged from Frank's lynchers. Newport A. Lanford, Atlanta Chief of Detectives. Albert D. Lasker, Texas Reared, his father was a Confederate veteran, Chicago-based advertising mogul and secret financier of Leo Frank's appeals and director of his public relations effort. As president of Lord & Thomas, Lasker pioneered new advertising and branding techniques for leading companies, also promoted eugenics and birth control of blacks. He renamed America's eugenics movement, quote, Planned Parenthood, end quote. R. M. Lassiter, city policeman, a first responder to scene of crime. Newt Lee, night watchman at the National Pencil Company found the body of Mary Fagan on the morning of April 27, 1913, and was charged with her murder. Lee was the victim of Frank and his advocate's efforts to frame him with planted evidence. Dan S. Lehon, Burns Detective, indicted for subordination of perjury, convicted of several Frank-related illegalities and fined. W.D. McWorth, Pinkerton, quote, investigator, end quote, who planted evidence, an operative for W.J. Burns. C. Wheeler Mangum, sheriff of Fulton County, protective of Tower prisoner Leo Frank. Alonzo Mann, 13-year-old office boy at the National Pencil Company and present at the factory on the day of the murder. In 1982, he made the dubious claim that he came back to the factory and saw James Conley carrying the body of Mary Fagan. Alexander E. Marcus, Lucille Frank's brother-in-law, one of Frank's lawyers in Atlanta. Mrs. A. E. Marcus, Lucille Frank's sister, defense witness. Marietta, Georgia, hometown of the murder victim, Mary Fagan. Marietta Journal. Marietta, Georgia's weekly newspaper, first printed in 1866. Lewis Marshall, leading constitutional lawyer, argued more cases before the U.S. Supreme Court than any other private attorney. Frank's lead appeals attorney, president of the American Jewish Committee, noted civic leader who also promoted eugenics and birth control of blacks. Rabbi David Marks, leader of the Hebrew Benevolent Congregation in Atlanta, a.k.a. The Temple, 1895 through 1946, served as, quote, ambassador to the Gentiles, end quote, the, quote, unofficial voice of the Jewish community, end quote, past president of the Atlanta B'nai B'rith, guest columnist for the Atlanta Journal, served as personal pastor to Leo Frank. Truman Mack McCrary, National Pencil Company Drayman for three years, was at the factory on April 26, 1913. Albert McKnight, husband of Manola McKnight, employed as a porter at Beck and Greg Hardware Company 
and as a handyman for the frank selig family. Swore to an affidavit damaging to Frank's alibi. Manola McKnight. Cook for Josephine and Emile Selig and Leo and Lucille Frank. Swore to and later repudiated an affidavit in which she claimed to have overheard Leo Frank's wife and mother-in-law discussing Frank's confession. Milledgeville State Prison Farm. Plantation where prisoners grew and picked cotton and other agricultural crops. Leo Frank was confined there June to August 1915 after his death sentence was commuted to life in prison. Sigmund Sig Montag controlled a majority share of National Pencil Company stock. In 1889, Montag and his four brothers established an Atlanta manufacturing and distribution company of school supplies. By 1915, Montag Brothers was one of the largest companies of its industry. Arthur Mullinax, 24-year-old former streetcar conductor and acquaintance of Mary Fagan's, arrested on suspicion Sunday, April 27, 1913, then released. National Pencil Company, 37 South Forsyth Street, Atlanta, Georgia. Pencil factory, which Leo Frank operated, and where 13-year-old Mary Fagan worked and was murdered on April 26, 1913. Incorporated in 1908, and among its incorporators were Moses Frank, Sigmund Montag, Isaac H. Haas, and Jacob R. Haas, all of Atlanta, and George Lenning of New York City, all prominent Jewish businessmen. New York Times Jewish-owned newspaper, the largest in the world, and a full-fledged member of the Leo Frank defense and propaganda team. The, quote, newspaper of record, end quote, was published by Tennessee native Adolf Ox from August 1896 until his death in April 1935. D.J. Nix, 19-year-old former office boy at the National Pencil Factory, where he worked in 1912. Adolf S. Ox, Tennessee-born owner-publisher of the New York Times, which he acquired in 1896 publisher of the Chattanooga Times in Nashville, Tennessee. Ox was married to Effie Wise, whose father, Isaac Mayer Wise, founded the Israelite, and whose brother, Leo Wise, ran it during the Leo Frank affair. Oscar Pappenheimer, Atlanta business magnate, school board member, and stockholder of the National Pencil Company, received the company financial report weekly from Leo Frank. He and members of the prominent Haas family were partners in a furniture company. Mary Ann Fagan, 13-year-old worker in the National Pencil Company's metal department, where she was murdered on April 26, 1913, born on June 1, 1899. William J. Fagan, farmer and father of Mary Fagan and her four siblings, married Fanny Benton in 1891 died in 1899, three months before Mary's birth. E. H. Pickett, employee of Beck and Gregg Hardware Company, where Albert McKnight also worked, was present when Manola McKnight made her affidavit. H. B. Pierce, superintendent of the Atlanta branch of the Pinkerton's National Detective Agency at the time of Mary Fagan's murder. Pinkerton's National Detective Agency, 
formed in 1850 by the Chicago Police Department's first detective, Alan Pinkerton. By the 1890s, it boasted 2,000 agents and 30,000 reserves. By 1906, there were 20 offices nationwide. Reputation as an ex-officio standing army for American business, safeguarding the interests of industry. Hired by Leo M. Frank to investigate the murder of Mary Fagan, until its lead detective publicly stated his belief that Frank was the murderer. In 1917, brought suit against the National Pencil Company for non-payment, and a judge found in the agency's favor. Arthur G. Powell, prominent Atlanta attorney and judge who supported Governor Slayton's commutation decision. Powell resigned his position as judge for the Court of Appeals to enter private practice in Atlanta in January 1912. In 1914, Powell's law firm represented Leo Frank's hired detectives of the William J. Burns Detective Agency against perjury and other serious charges. Arthur Pride, five-year National Pencil Company employee, defense witness. Lemmy Quinn, National Pencil Factory Foreman, provided dubious exculpatory evidence for Leo Frank. Reverend C. B. Ragsdale, Atlanta clergyman who was caught in perjury scheme orchestrated on behalf of Leo Frank. Leonard S. Roan, trial judge in the Leo Frank case, in the late 1800s had been Luther Rosser's law partner. Ruth Robinson, National Pencil Company employee, witness to Leo Frank's sexual harassment at the factory. W.W. Boots Rogers, Fulton County officer, with whose help identified the murder victim's body, would later join the William J. Burns Detective Agency. Rosser, Brandon, Slayton, and Phillips, law firm after 1913 merger of the law offices of Governor-elect John M. Slayton and Leo Frank's defense attorney, Luther Z. Rosser. Firm members included Morris Brandon, Stiles Hopkins, Ben Z. Phillips, and Luther Z. Rosser, Jr. Luther Ziegler Rosser, defense attorney in the Leo Frank case, law partner of Governor John M. Slayton. In the late 1880s had been Leonard S. Roan's law partner in the firm of Roan and Rosser. Herbert G. Schiff, Assistant Superintendent of the National Pencil Company, with the company about five years. Jacob H. Schiff, financier based in New York, managing partner of Kuhn, Loeb, and Company, an executive committee member of the American Jewish Committee major figure in the 1913 establishment of the Federal Reserve Banking System. Dale M. Schwartz, ADL board member and attorney who, along with Charles F. Wittenstein, handled the attempts in the 1980s to have Frank pardoned by the state of Georgia. Harry Scott, assistant superintendent of the Atlanta branch of the Pinkertons National Detective Agency hired by Leo Frank on April 28, 1913, to investigate the murder of Mary Fagan. His investigation found Frank to be the murderer. John Seigenthaler, editor and publisher of The Tennessean, which he used in the 1980s effort to exonerate Leo Frank. Emil Selig, Lucille Frank's father, Leo Frank's father-in-law. 
worked in the family business, the Selig's Prosperous West Disinfecting Company in Atlanta. Josephine Cohen Selig, wife of Emile Selig, Lucille Frank's mother, Leo Frank's mother-in-law. Robert Sherborne, Tennessean reporter. John Marshall Slayton, Governor of Georgia, 1913 through 1915, law partner of Leo Frank's attorney, Luther Z. Rosser, when, in July 1913, their respective law firms formed a partnership and became Rosser, Brandon, Slayton, and Phillips, commuted the death sentence of Leo Frank in June 1915. Hoke Smith, racist Georgia governor, 1907 through 1909, 1911. U.S. Senator, 1911 through 1921, owner-publisher of the Atlanta Journal, 1887 through 1900. Reuben R. Arnold was one of his most trusted lieutenants. He was asked to defend Leo M. Frank, but he declined. William Smith, attorney hired by the Atlanta Georgian to defend James Conley. He later turned on his client. John Starnes, Atlanta police detective. Edward A. Stevens, lawyer for the prosecution, assisted Solicitor General Hugh M. Dorsey in prosecuting Leo Frank. Montine Stover, 14-year-old National Pencil Company employee who worked on the fourth floor of the factory, came to factory on the day of the murder and found Frank's office empty when he swore he had been there all along. Carlton C. Tedder, operative for Burns Agency, assistant to Conley's attorney, William Smith, a Burns plant and informant. Tennessean, in March 1982, published Alonzo Mann's account of the Fagan murder. Jerry Thompson, Tennessean reporter. O. Tillander, at the pencil factory April 26th to pick up his stepson's pay. C. W. Toby, Head Detective, Atlanta Division of the William J. Burns Detective Agency, publicly stated that Frank was the murderer. Charles F. Ersenbach, Leo Frank's Christian brother-in-law, was supposed to go with Frank to a baseball game on the afternoon of the murder. Frank canceled the outing. Thomas Tom Edward Watson, Attorney politician, author, publisher and editor of the Jeffersonian newspaper and Watson's magazine, for which he wrote several articles about the guilt of Leo Frank. A celebrated criminal defense lawyer, he was, in 1913, initially asked to defend Leo M. Frank, but he declined. Watson's Magazine, monthly literary magazine published by Thomas E. Watson and printed by his Jeffersonian publishing company. J. Arthur White, husband of Maggie White. He, assisted by co-worker Harry Denham, was doing some repair work on the top floor, the fourth floor, of the pencil factory the day of the murder. Maggie White, a.k.a. Mrs. Arthur White, visited her husband at the pencil factory on the day of the murder and saw, quote, a Negro, end quote, James Conley, on the first floor an observation that led to the unraveling of Leo Frank's alibi. 
L.P. Whitfield, Pinkerton, quote, investigator, end quote, who planted evidence and also Burns operative, convicted of several Frank-related infractions and fined. Benjamin Wildauer, prominent Atlanta dentist, formerly on the Atlanta police force, Benet Brith treasurer at the time of Leo Frank's conviction. Charles F. Wittenstein, ADL attorney who, along with Dale M. Schwartz, handled the attempts in the 1980s to have Frank pardoned by the state of Georgia. James G. Woodward, mayor of the city of Atlanta for eight years, four separate two-year terms, served as mayor during the Leo Frank affair from 1913 to 1917, his third and fourth terms. In 1916, he signed into law a residential segregation ordinance. George Wren, Leo Frank's fellow tower inmate, brother of Burns operative Jimmy Wren, implicated in the infamous Carter Letters scheme. Jimmy Wren, Burns agent operating under the alias J.W. Howard, implicated in the infamous Carter Letters scheme. Be with us again next time when we present the next chapter of The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, Volume 3. The Leo Frank Case, The Lynching of a Guilty Man. Prepared by the Historical Research Department of the Nation of Islam, Chicago, Illinois. Copyright 2016 by Latimer Associates. All rights reserved. Published in audiobook form by the American Mercury, with permission of the Historical Research Department of the Nation of Islam.